Assalamualaikum and welcome to the fifth episode of Unscripted. Um, it's still myself, Yasmin Khatun, a journalist and broadcaster, Kerry Boulevon, activist, and Nadim Dawood, historian. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Okay, so tonight uh, we're discussing activism and environmentalism and um, as to whether Muslims are involved, do they care, do they want to be involved, uh, looking at the different issues uh, that surface around this particular topic. So I want to start off with both of you. Now, it was Earth Hour last night. Did either of you participate? Yes, I'm a very big fan of environmentalism. I think that it's essential that it's something that we have to be getting involved in, especially as many of the Muslim countries are going to be the, the first and worst affected by it. For example, Bangladesh would suffer incredibly badly with uh, just a few meters of a rise in the water level. Yeah, and Nadim, did you participate? Uh, while I am a fan of the environment uh, and environmentalism, you're you're a fan you're a fan of the environment. Can you just elaborate on what you mean by that? A fan um, of the environment. I am a fan of the environment. I think the environment does a great job keeping <laughs> all, not getting uh, roasted by the sun. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it's um it's very important for us obviously to be aware of the environment and how important it is to our daily lives, uh, as Colleen mentioned you know, how it affects those in other areas of the world and how our actions here in the West particularly uh, affect those, um, sorry, those water levels and so on and so forth. But you haven't answered the question, though. Did, did you take part in the, uh, in, in, in the Earth please, Hour? Please do tell us, Nid. No, no, uh, no I, I did not. Right. Okay. So before we before we move on, I've I've got a couple of questions and things we want to go over. Right mm-hmm. on this particular topic, uh, I'll just say a little bit about Earth Hour. Um, for our listeners who don't know uh, very much about it, it's WWF's initiative. Um, it it took place from eight thirty p.m. to nine thirty p.m. One hundred and sixty two countries took part. Um, I think last year it was like it was that same same sort of number. The year before, one hundred and fifty seven. So quite a few countries take part. And it's basically an initiative to get everybody to switch off their lights, all electronic devices. Um, light bulbs, uh, your phones, your TVs, everything. Um, turn everything off as a moment of action, an hour of action to try and remind ourselves of, of how much power we do use and how, how much wastage does actually take place. And this is sort of not just activists on the ground, but also sort of like institutions like, I don't know, Buckingham Palace and all sorts like that, you know, w- would have turned off their lights. It is slightly symbolic, but in my opinion, I think it's pretty cool too. Now, one, the next question I do want to ask you is, now, I switch off my lights. I've been doing so for a couple of years now. And I remember last year, whilst talking to you know a prominent Muslim journalist, I was kind of just like told, honestly, you're really bothered? Like, why? What is the point of that? And I was actually pretty offended. But is that because Muslims aren't involved in environmental issues? Kaleem? I think... While some Muslims do take environmental issues seriously, um, as it needs to be taken, uh, a lot of us tend to to get caught up in more sort of Muslim-centric issues. So if you look to Muslim civil society, you see a lot of work around um, human rights issues, around community involvement, but you don't see that much stuff around sort of wider societal issues that aren't as Muslim-centric. So you don't see stuff about things like environmentalism. There's been a, a move towards more sort of like stuff helping the homeless. But again, that's something that's only just starting uh, within the Muslim community. And to be honest, it, it should be a lot further than it is, in my opinion. Nadim, what do you think? 
I I think as activists, you know, particularly working on these sort of really high tension issues, as Kaleem said, it can be very easy to forget. You know, smaller or fringe issues like the. But is it, is, is it are, a smaller or more, more fringe issue? Like yeah, what, what, what are considered what are considered to be a smaller or fringe issues? And I, personally, I don't think they are. I think they are just as important. Um, but you didn't participate in Earth Hour. Uh, well, I have, my, I have my reasons for that. I have my reasons for that. I, as you say, it's largely a symbolic gesture. I don't think that switching off the lights for an hour is going to solve anything. Uh, quite frankly. The discussion should not be let's use less energy. The discussion sh- the discussion should be how do we produce cleaner energy for a world that is uh, consuming more and more. That should be the narrative we need to uh, start having, or the discussion that we need to start having. But isn't that a very high level discussion that kind of takes away the imperative and 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 the responsibility from us as a as a Muslim community to 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 each do our part. Um, to make sure that we're recycling, to make sure that we're turning off our lights and, and, and sort of behaving in a responsible, productive way as citizens of this, this shared planet, basically. Well, why is it important, Kaleem? Kaleem, tell us why you think it is important for Muslims to maybe be engaged in these sorts of things. Look, I work day in and day out on, on sort of very serious cases of, of human rights abuses, torturing Guantanamo Bay and these sorts of things with CAGE and I feel that the work that we do is really really important to ensuring the justice in the in the future not just for Muslims but for all people but the fact of the matter is if we have rising sea levels and, and temperature and weather going haywire there's not going to be anything for us to have justice in um, there's not going to be a, a planet that's recognizable and Obviously, I mean, just just as a simple example, if the water levels rise just by a few feet, as I said earlier on, Bangladesh is the majority of it will be below sea sea level um, and will be gone. That will be upwards of 160 million people forced to relocate. Now, when they're forced to relocate, what sort of tension is that going to put on, on the geopolitical climate with countries like India, with Pakistan, where many of them might end up going? And... Those sorts of pressures will create even more tensions, which in effect will impact back on the work that I'm doing now, right now anyway. So this is the huge effect of, of environmentalism. Literally, I mean, all of the people that like sort of call for Khilafah and the, and the establishment of an Islamic State. That's wonderful and great, but if if, uh, if the, the situation is that um, half the world's under the water, then it's not going to be that useful. Um, we'll, we'll all be buggered before it happens. Nadim Kaleem brought up a few points there. So he's yeah. um, he he mentioned um, large Muslim communities, um, countries where um, you know millions of Muslims will be affected. Um, mm-hmm. Water levels, justice, justice for human beings, justice for animals as well, who who are largely yeah. affected by a number of uh, the different things that take place as a result of wastage and. Um, uh, rising water levels, etc. Um, why aren't these issues given more emphasis by groups um, who are very active, um, like ones that you're involved with yourself? I think there there are a number of reasons why. Firstly, I, I don't think environmentalism is on the horizon of many Muslims. Second, I think it's seen as something that is sort of an inherently individual act or inherently individual, you know, sort of. Thing that we do by ourselves and hence why 
I didn't participate in the Earth Hour uh, because I don't believe it's an individual thing. I believe uh, the environment and and the, and the problems that we're having with the environment are caused by systemic forces. So essentially, we live in a society or a world that is very very driven by consumerism. So we tend to consume everything, and that has a massive impact on the world. As an example, oil drilling. You know, we we sort of hear about the traditional oil drilling within. Uh, the Middle East, but there's oil drilling now taking place in the Arctic and the Antarctica, and the oil drilling in these kind of places is not the same as when you're drilling in a desert. If the oil spills in these places, it's not it's not going anywhere. That oil is there to stay, and this has a massive human cost. Uh, but this is allowed because of our consumer culture, because we need or require more oil. We require. Uh, yeah. More plastic. Okay. Quite uh, more of these things. I want to bring our attention back to you. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was uh, a large march which took place. It's like a global march. There was one in London, and um, in terms of Muslim organisations or Muslim-led organisations, IERA had some people down there campaigning. Made in Europe had some people down there campaigning and sort of taking part. Um, but largely, it was white. It was middle class. Why do you think maybe minority communities don't get as involved with uh, marches like this on issues like these? Um, and obviously we mentioned other issues that are at play, but do you think it's because maybe um, there's almost like a pecking order of things that people sort of trying to, trying to sort of run through and maybe it's just seen as something that isn't um, an issue that's necessarily affecting the, uh, the Muslim community, Kaleem? I suppose it comes down to a little bit sort of hashtag first world problems. Um, when you've got your your food and your, and your 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 basic amenities sorted, you're more likely to then focus on on, on wider problems um, and and sort of bigger issues. Um, the Muslim community at the moment undoubtedly feels um, under constant attack uh, from Islamophobia, from from the fact that, as we've seen in studies, 21 negative stories for every one positive story. And that sort of um, feeling that everybody's out to get us um, doesn't encourage the community to, to come out and get involved. Um, but as I said, look, we all... Um, being Muslim or non-Muslim, we all live on one planet, and we've got one shot at this. Um, so this this needs to be something that, especially on a on a local level, communities get involved in. Um, mosques doing uh, sort of picking up litter um, and, and encouraging. Um, I'd love to see Khatibs um, talking about like the green jihad um, of, of actually actually. Take, take, taking a little bit of time out of your day to, to, to use less energy um, because I do I agree I agree with Nadim there, there are huge systemic things that need to be dealt with but at the same time each of us can, can play um, a bit uh, our part in reducing our own carbon footprint and it, it has to be a combination of um, ordinary people doing ordinary things and p- applying pressure on governments and, and these uh, huge high-level uh, organizations to do the same as well. Can I just come in there quickly? Go on. Um, I, I, I think, you know, quite frankly, um, when environmentalism is seen as a more expensive lifestyle choice, right? So what I mean by that is buying organic is more expensive for a family um, than buying you know, mass-produced 
um, produce when it's seen as you know having to go out of your way. Yeah, but that's because we're we're in we're in such a rut of eating so much and thinking that we right, need exactly. so much. Exactly, but this, this is the whole point that the, the, these families and Muslim families are, you know, sort of only just now becoming more professional uh, with, you know, two professionals in the family or whatever, what have you. But up until now, it's it's always been, you know, the the father was a cabbie or a kebab shop owner, right? So being able to buy organic food has always been viewed as a much more bourgeoisie, again, mid middle class type of lifestyle. Well, I guess traditionally in their, in, their, in their home nations, they'd be eating organic anyway, right? Well, they it's would, would here, yeah, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's right. But I think, I, think, I think in this country, I mean, maybe it has been unfairly uh, labelled as, as a bourgeoisie, white middle class activity. So, you know, you know, being involved mm. in organic or... It's the Waitrose crew, isn't it? Right, exactly. Okay. Uh, I think that, that, that has a part to play. Okay, okay, so um, it's seen as bourgeois, it's seen as something which is slightly distant, and um, there are large issues at play. Nadine, you mentioned consumerism, um, a number of different things, sort of infrastructural things that then lead to sort of wastage, etc. Um, what sort of things do you think um, on a day-to-day -day level um, you might be able to include or you think you'd encourage others to do, Nadine? Uh, I think, um, you know, being much more aware of the human cost of uh, the, you know, the environmental impact that's going on right now. So, again, talking about Cancer Valley, right, where, the, you know, there's a whole sort of industrial plant in this region of America and South America where they produce plastic bottles uh, and actually recycle plastic bottles as well. Right, but you know this is known as Cancer Valley for that reason because they're breathing in those fumes. Uh, again, what Kareem was talking about—the human cost of uh, water levels rising a few feet, uh, the human cost of oil spills in the ocean—these kind of things, right—and that is inherently um, is in inseparable from our day-to-day -day activism. So Kareem mentioned Guantanamo Bay. We do that because we, we understand that there's a human cost, there's a human element to that. Do you think we need more education on, on the topic? We do need more education on that. We do need yes, uh, self-educate yeah. and, and imams and uh, khatibs to educate the, uh, the community on these issues and understand yes, it as a human issue. L let me let me ask you this: um, As a journalist, you see um, uh, and deal with activists from a, a range of issues day in and day out. Um, and I, I know from my own sort of um, life um, and, and work in this sort of area that you you have a certain amount of bandwidth that you can handle and that you can deal with. Um, if the people who are active in the Muslim community are already at full tilt dealing with, um, as we said, these quite sort of in in in, in many cases Muslim centric issues, um, how are we how are we expected um, and how are we expecting? them to 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 deal with this whole other massive issue as well of getting invi involved with environmentalism is it a case of we need the people who are already active to do more um or is it something that we need um uh, young muslims and, and and new groups to be formed to to specifically spearhead this and push it forward because there has to be some sort of organization on a yeah. on a on a civic level um yeah. beyond just um, each of us trying to do our bit. 
Um, I think you I think you made a few sort of brought in a few different um, points there, but I think all of those things sort of need to come together a little bit. I guess it's not just a matter of yes, we have when they when when somebody's active, generally they want to change things, they want to see a better world. They're they're fighting for some form of justice somewhere, right? Um, and I guess it's one understanding that. Um, this isn't an exclusive issue and it's not something separate it is just when you're fighting for justice you're fighting for justice for everyone everywhere for everything you're not necessarily you're not sort of discriminating and saying this is this is the only issue I want mm. to but also that like you said you can't if somebody's dealing with or fighting for or playing a role in dealing with um, a sort of a number of different issues that you there's only so much you can manage yourself and there are only so many sort of um, petitions or whatever it is you can you can get involved with yourself really before you sort of um, can't and don't end up in any of them exactly. Um, so, I, and I think there are a number of different groups which are sort of emerging and sort of trying to bring this fight to surface. Um, groups like Made in Europe, I think, which is a Muslim-led initiative, where you've got a lot of young people who are um, really active on um, green issues, um, consumerism. You know, I worked with them last year on a number of different things, whether it be um, the Live Below the Line project, the uh, Rana Plaza collapse, so the fast fashion, um, greening up mosques. I've worked with them a lot. Mm. Because I, I'm pretty active on, on the issue, um, but also we shouldn't see it as one that is that isn't ours. And I think that's the problem. I think that is we, a problem. We look at it as though it's not our issue. There are other people dealing with it. It is our issue, and we have to play a part in it. It's not just there for um, I th- um, I th- I middle think class, um, you know, um, guardian reading mums. I, th- I think this is one of the problems that we have as as a civil society and as Muslims in general. In- I do feel that as a community, we are too focused on just the Muslim issues. And as I say, although like the work that Cage does, it it, uh, affects everybody. It's it's about calling for equal justice for all people. Um, And we do campaign and have campaigned for non-Muslims as well. But we get caught up in um, these, these causes and the, and, and, and things that can be quite specific. And I think there needs to be a level where each of us on an individual level takes a certain amount of responsibility and and we're willing as, as a Muslim community to set up civic organizations that, are, that are, are keen to do this work as well because this is, it, it's the it's not just the future of Muslims, it's the future of mankind. Completely. Um, any final thoughts, guys? We're running out make one, uh, one quick final point it's on what you were saying about Muslims taking the lead on this. I think it is imperative for Muslims to take the lead on these issues because we we do have a responsibility to the environment and to the earth. Mm. And if we're going to be completely honest, you know, we're talking about um, the bourgeoisie and white middle class and guarding reading mums. Quite frankly, the, the Western powers aren't going to do anything to save the environment. Uh, they may have a few initiatives here and there, but who sank the Rainbow Warrior? Who allowed Shell uh, to drill in certain parts of the world? Who's uh, pushing fracking? Yeah, and we, we, I mean the, the 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 case of fracking now is is I mean it's appalling. Right. The the, Tor- the Tory government. The Tory government are pushing through fracking, and it's going to cause a huge amount of damage to communities uh, in in the UK. And we all need to get on the back of it. One thing I, that I think we've sadly missed and we should have been uh, bringing this up right from the beginning actually is that the Quran encourages us and our deen encourages us towards environmentalism towards looking after the 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 planet Um, even at the time of the Prophet you weren't allowed to chop down trees 
unnecessarily. You weren't allowed to be wasteful even of water. So this is something that's actually ingrained into our religion that we should be environmentalists. We should conserve water and conserve trees, etc. Completely. I think that's um, uh, on, a, on a final note on this particular topic. We are bastions and guardians of, of this earth, whether it be when we're um, uh, making wudu and looking at the water that we're using. Um, I was actually speaking to um, Dr. Jamal Badawi yesterday and I was speaking to him about um, warfare and the um, Quranic um, principles uh, and Islamic principles in terms of warfare. And he said to me, you know, during warfare, you couldn't even cut down trees you know like you couldn't you couldn't do certain things like like that so even in in times of warfare there are these principles that apply so let alone our day-to-day mm. lives and day-to-day being and the way we sort of um, maneuver ourselves in our day-to-day lives um, but the one thing I did um, want to sort of say in terms of my thoughts on how to be active on um, these issues and try to change things is being conscious of ourselves and the little things that we do um, I know we spoke about the larger issues and the sort of wider context but on a day say being just be conscious of everything you pick up everything you do we take too much as a given we take too much as though we have to do this and through habit mm. you you have to sort of consume this amount of energy or you have to eat this type of food or you have to buy this this much clothing when in reality we actually really don't uh, so to be conscious of the different things that we're doing and um, realize that um, every time we pick something up or we're eating something or we're, or we're doing any of these one things that actually we're making a conscious decision um, and that then will impact both ourselves and the world around us. On that note, inshallah, um, we will be back soon with the next episode of Unscripted. Jazakallah khair from myself, Kaleem and Nadeem. Inshallah, um, we'll be back soon. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.